Welcome to the Who Church Podcast. When the going gets tough, what do you do? Many of us stop too soon, missing the blessing that God has set aside for us if we continue moving forward. Even in the unknown, we can trust God to bring us peace one step at a time. In today's message, lead pastor of Shoreline City Church, Pastor Earl McClellan, shares on the thought, don't stop now, encouraging us it's always too soon to quit. As we approach the school year, bless a family in need during our annual I Love My City Back to School Drive. Fill backpack online at bootchurch.com forward slash ILMC. Now let's lean into the message together. Hey, we're going to open up the Bible today, all right? And we're going to walk through a whole bunch of scriptures. We're just going to let the Bible talk to us and allow the Word of God. It's the Word of God. That means God is saying something to us. And we're going to allow the Word of God to speak to us. So if you have your Bibles, you can pull them out. If you did not bring your Bible at any of our locations, we're going to put the words on the screen so you can follow along with us. But we believe that God is going to meet us today. The title of today's message is Don't Stop Now. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. You maybe have contemplated it, but don't stop now. In your spiritual life, don't stop now. And you believe in God for what he has for your future. Don't stop now. Maybe some of us, even in our marriages, we're contemplating, should we stay in this thing? Hey, don't stop now. Let's go ahead and take another step so we can fulfill the plans and purposes that God has for us. We're going to open up our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 9, 1 Samuel chapter 9. We're going to begin reading. Let's go to verse number 2. I love the detail that's in the Bible. It says, Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as can be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. And single ladies, he had good credit. Come on. So this is a brother. He's a head taller. He's handsome. He's got good credit. He's got a job. Come on, who's praying for that man to come into your life? <laughs> the Lord hears those prayers. Now the donkeys, verse number three, the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Uh, this can seem very, very random. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of backstory, but I do not have the time to get into all the nuances of Saul's life. The man is incredibly complicated, and his situation, how it ended, was terrible. He actually ended up throwing spears at David when Saul was king, and David was supposed to be king, and it was just a fiasco. So the guy did not start well, but just because he didn't start well, I still believe there are some things in his life that we can learn from the beginning beginning of his life that I think can help us along the journey. In this text, we are going to see not just Saul and not just Samuel, but I think we're going to see you and we're going to see Jesus. In this text, 
I think you're going to find part of your life, part of your family's life. I think you'll find part of your purpose in here. But ultimately, we're not really digging for us. We're really looking for him. We're really trying to say, Jesus, where are you here? Because when Jesus steps into our story, that's when things begin to make sense for all of us. It's when Jesus comes in and begins to align us properly. That's when our life begins to get in order. So this is not just some self-help. We don't need self-help. We need Savior help. That's what we need. We need the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to grab a hold of our hearts and to push us forward. So here we have this man named Saul. He is handsome. He is tall. His dad has said, go look for the donkeys. Now, a lot of us here, I don't think, have donkeys, right? I don't think anybody does. Any of our locations, nobody has donkeys. So let's understand that this is not completely insignificant, but nor is it the most important thing someone could be doing. Uh, obviously, donkeys in this day and age were an important part of agriculture and pushing things forward, uh, but it was not like fighting a war. So I, I, I see this when he's looking for donkeys, like he's just doing something. Again, it's important, but it's not the most important thing, maybe something that could be passed off to someone else. But his dad says, I need you to do it. I need you to take a servant and go find these donkeys. They take off on their journey. They start going to find these donkeys. When you read the text, verse number four, we'll tell you they go place to place to place to place to place. They're wandering around all over the place. They cannot find the donkeys, and Saul does what you and I would do. Verse number five, it makes total sense to us. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, come, let's go back. Or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. I've been doing this a while. It's not working. It's not clicking the way I want it to click. I've been putting one foot in front of the other, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm moving forward at all. Let's stop. I've been in school for a minute. I've been working on this business idea. I've been getting investors. I've been praying this prayer for quite some time. God, would you heal me? God, would you restore me? God, would you put things in order? And it seems like I'm still battling the things that I was battling years ago. Maybe I just need to stop. Maybe it's never going to change. Maybe it's going to be like this forever. So if I stop now, at least I'll be a head, I'll just head back home. We all can get to this point in different seasons of our life. Maybe some of our friends in Everglades are thinking this, but you don't have to be in prison to be having these thoughts because some of us are free in this life but still living behind bars. You can feel like I, I'm not, I'm not able to move forward. I, I've been doing the right thing. I'm doing what my dad told me to do. And things just are not turning out right. And I'm so glad to be a part of VU and to be in a church family that's filled with so much life and joy. But why does it feel like everybody else has so much joy and I'm the only one struggling? 
Why, why does it feel like everybody else has faith in the room, but it feels like my faith is waning a little bit? Is there no one else that is struggling? Is there no one else that's trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills? Is there no one else trying to figure out how they're going to pay their employees? Am I the only one that's in this spot I'm in right now? And I need you to know you're not the only one because we're all real people going through real things. We are all human beings and we're battling different things. But I'm telling you, I feel on assignment to say, don't stop now. You cannot quit now. You cannot stop praying now. If you have been praying for a year, pray for two years. If you've been praying for five years, pray for ten years. If your son or daughter hasn't come home yet, you can keep on praying. If you have not gotten that ring on your finger, keep on living a life of integrity, saying, God, my life belongs to you. I'm not giving my soul to this day and age. My soul belongs to you. Don't stop now. So, so, so look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Verse number six. Y'all got me preaching harder than I want to already. Verse number six. But the servant replied, the servant replied, look, in this town there is a man of God. And he is highly respected. And everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us a way to take. So Saul's wanting to stop. But the servant says, let's keep going. The person who was with him had everything to do with whether or not Saul was going to keep moving forward or Saul was going to stop. I heard one friend put it this way. Whoever has your ear has your future. What are your friends saying to you? When you talk about being a servant leader, what do your friends say to you? When you talk about giving tithes and offerings, what do your friends say to you? When you talk about being a part of a church that's serving the community, what do your friends say to you? When you talk about believing God for miracles, what do your friends say to you? Do you have people in your life that will say, man, I don't know why you're doing all that. Why are they taking so much of your time? What have they done for you? And you constantly have to fight for what you know God called you to be a part of. This is why you got to be in a VU crew. This is why you got to be in a VU crew. This is why you got to be in a VU crew. You better have some people in your world that when everyone else is telling you to stop, you got some people looking at you eyeball to eyeball saying, I heard that God is still in the business of working miracles. You cannot stop yet. You can't quit yet. Um, my, uh, my wife and I, we have been married, I think I have a picture of my wife and I. Uh, we've been married uh, 26 years. Uh, throw that first uh, picture. Yeah, yeah, this is me and my bride. My best friend, I love her so much. I have no, no idea why she put me in camel pants, but she does crazy things to me all the time. She's like, honey, it's fresh. It's fresh. I'm like, I don't want to be, I want to be fresh, honey. I just want to dress regular. Uh, 
But husbands, you know, you just gotta, you gotta go, all right, all right, honey, whatever you say, choose your battles. So uh, we've been married these 26 years. She's my best friend, a woman of strength, life, vision, purpose, the most generous person I've ever met, Christ-like, loving, kind. I mean, this woman is absolutely phenomenal. Y'all wouldn't even like me if it was not for her. She has made me better in every way possible. I almost did not marry her. When we were in college, uh, I, was, I, I was very, very saved in college. Like, you know, over-saved. You know, just like, I'm all in. Like, you, you ain't getting me. I'm like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I, I love the Lord with all of my heart. I'm going to school. I'm loving Jesus. I'm playing basketball. No woman can get into my life. And when she came into my life, I'm like, no, that's the devil. Get out of here, devil. You can't have me. I was on a missions trip in India. Y'all, my, again, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm in India for two months doing the work of the Lord. And this girl comes running through my brain during my prayer times. I got on my knees, Lord, forgive your servant for thinking of this woman while I am doing your work on the mission field. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I mean, I, I didn't know the Lord's like, fool. This is the woman I have for you. And I'm just like, I'm Roy Jones Jr., UFC. I'm like, no, 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 you ain't. So we start dating. Finally wake up. We start dating. Well, the Lord never tells me she's supposed to be my wife. My youth pastor, here's the standard I had in my head. My youth pastor told me the Lord showed up in his bedroom in the form of an angel and said, she is supposed to be your wife. That was a standard that I had in my brain for knowing whether or not Onika was supposed to be my wife. So I walk into my dorm room. No angel. <laughs> going to the bathroom, going to basketball practice, looking for angels. I see no angel. Little did I know she was right there next to me. No, just kidding. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out what do I do here? So I say, I'm done. God, if you're not making it clear, I'm stopping this relationship because I don't want to dishonor you. So I'm stopping this relationship. And I went to talk to one of my mentors. I told him what I was dealing with and what, what I was, how I was thinking. And he was like, Earl, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> Got to have a mentor like this in your life. You, right now, you're just used to God being the center of everything. And you're giving more time and attention to this young lady. So maybe you're, you're a little bit conflicted, but you need to know, stay in this. Stay in this. I, I left that room and I sensed God's grace and favor and wisdom. It was not goosebumps per se. 
It was just, as I, I put it like this, it was just peace to take another step. To this day, God has not told me audibly or through an angel that Onika's supposed to be my wife. All I had was peace to take another step. I'm so thankful that, that I had someone in my ear that was willing to see something from a different perspective because left to myself, I would have ejected myself from the purpose and the person that God had called me to. I know in a church this size, sometimes you might even be wondering, should you be ejecting yourself out of this family? Man, my friends, I don't, know if, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be. I, 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 used, to, I used to be in this, on this serve team, but now I'm on this other team, and I'm not sure if my gifts and my talents can be used the way I want it to be used, and I just want to be another voice for another day, a servant from God just saying, hey, hey, don't get in your head about stuff. This is healthy soil, and God is working and moving in this place, and if you'll stay planted, I do believe that you are flourished. Don't throw in the towel just yet. It's not about you having a microphone in your hand. It's about God shaping you and molding you into the man or woman that he called you to be. If you'll stay leaned in, you'll be shocked what God will do in you and through you. So here was the servant saying, I don't think we should stop yet. I don't think we should stop yet. I don't think we should stop yet. And I look at Voo Church, and some of y'all like, might be remembering when it was smaller. And you're like, man, I knew everybody, but I still don't think we should stop yet. I still don't think we should have a mindset that since I have my friends, that we should not go forward any longer. I think we need to be believing God to take the entire city. I think we need to be believing God to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. How many campuses do we have right now? How many locations? Why can't we have more? Aren't there more people dying? Aren't there more people lost? Aren't there more people hurting? Aren't there more people broken? Aren't there more people fighting and trying to figure out their purpose? Then why would we keep this to ourselves? God, use our lives for your glory and expand your kingdom for your fame, for your name, for your glory. I think we need to keep going. I think we need to keep going. I think we need to keep going. I even love that he put in here perhaps I like that word. Put, put it up on the screen again, verse number six. Perhaps, 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 perhaps. If you want everything to be so sure and perfect in your life, don't follow Jesus. Because Jesus will inevitably put you in places of perhaps. Like if you want... You want a religion where you don't have to walk by faith? Christianity is not it. Jesus will inevitably put you in spots and positions where he's saying, do you trust me? I know you can't see, but do you trust me? I know you might not feel it, but do you trust me? I know you're not sure which way to go, but do you trust me? I know everybody else is coming against you, but do you trust me? I know it seems like it's going down, but I'm actually telling you it's going up. Do you trust me? He will always put you in a spot of perhaps... Yeah. 
What if it doesn't work? What if it does? Perhaps. So they take the step. Let's keep walking through. Let's keep walking through the story. Okay. They take the step and, um, and this next part, uh, I got a lot to share here. Okay. Okay. Saul says, I can't go. I don't have any offering to bring. No Venmo, no Zelle, no cash app. I'm not going to the man of God empty handed. And the servant says, hey, don't worry, don't worry, player. I got, I, got, I got some silver on me right here. Yeah, yeah, I stole it from your father. I got some silver. <laughs> Let's go. We can bring him this. I, I just want to make a quick, this is quick, okay? Those of you who are first time guests, you know, online, in the room, at any of our locations, we love you. Hey, you just listen, okay? You can just listen. But those of you who are part of Voo Church, you've been here for a minute. I, I need you to hear this. I like that Saul had in his mind, I wanted to bring something. I like this. I don't just want to receive something. I want to give something. And if you've ever been in an environment where you have been shamed with giving, please understand that this is not this place. We love you for who you are, not for what you can do. If you're not giving yet, just so you know, God's already blessing. So this is not an issue of we need something for you. But what we do want is God to do things in and through your life that absolutely blow your mind. And there is nothing like living a life of generosity and service and giving that unlocks things in your own heart to the beauty and the majesty of who God is. That's a side. You can read that a little bit later in, in your Bibles. As they keep on going down, they start trying to figure out where to go. They are walking, and the text tells us that some young ladies see Saul, and they're like, hey. Hey, Saul. Remember, he's handsome. He's got good credit. Hey. What you looking for? Hey, we're looking for, we're looking for the prophet. You come in, I'll tell you about the prophet. I got your prophet right here. So they, uh, <laughs> this is not totally in the Bible. This is, I'm adding some of this here, okay? But there were young ladies. <laughs> and these young ladies are telling him, hey, hey, if you go down to this town over here, at just about this time, you'll, you'll see the prophet. The prophet will be there. So they start making their way down there. Go with me to verse number 14. Okay, we're going skip, to skip down to verse number 14. They went up to the town. And as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now, Saul and his servant, they're the ones searching. Samuel is the prophet, okay? He's the one that they're looking for. Saul and his servant, Samuel is the prophet. They come into the town. As they are coming into the town, here is Samuel walking towards them. They are walking toward their future, and their future is walking toward them. Okay, so they don't know this, though. But can I tell you, I think I have a sneaking suspicion that right now you are walking towards your future, and I believe your future right now is actually walking towards you. When they get there, watch this. When they get there, they don't recognize him. They don't recognize him. 
There is no Instagram. There's no TikTok. There's no threads. What is threads? There is none of this. <laughs> Samuel has no blue check mark. There are no cell phones. They do not know what the prophet looks like. Can I tell you? You do not really know what your future looks like. Can I tell you that it could be coming towards you and you might think it's something else. As a matter of fact, they ask the prophet, do you know where the prophet is? <laughs> this happens to me, you know, at church when I'm walking through the lobbies and people are like, hey, um, do you know where the bathroom is? I'm like, heck yeah, I know where the bathroom is. Come on, follow me. I walk up to the bathroom, and I show, here it is right here. I'm so glad you're here. And then I get up to preach. <laughs> then they come and they go, uh, didn't you show me to the bathroom? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, I showed you to the bathroom. No problem at all. Well, I wouldn't ask you to take me to the bathroom if, you know, if I knew you were a preacher. It's like, no, man, I'm here to serve. It doesn't matter. But, but they feel a little bit awkward because they're like, oh, <laughs> Uh, I want to said that to you. How awkward might you feel? You're looking at a situation despising it. Looking at an opportunity and thinking it's nothing. And little did you know, it was God bringing your future towards you. It might be in seed form. It might be an embryonic form, but here it is coming towards you. You don't even recognize it. God, would you give us eyes to see what you are trying to do even in this moment? I'm going to say this. I don't want to be controversial at all, but can I talk to Everglades for a quick second? Some of y'all that are in this institution right now, number one, you need to know that we love you. Number two, you need to know, and I know you know this, some of y'all were not even thinking about about God until you were behind bars because sometimes God has to chasten someone in order to get their attention dare I say that God had to put you in that spot so that we could have this moment here today where he could get your attention and say son you are mine you belong to me you don't belong to your past you don't belong to the brokenness you don't belong to the generational curses it might not look the way you thought it should look but I'll take everything and turn it around for my good and my glory. So I'm telling you, you might not recognize it. But here, here comes the seer. Now, this is, this is awesome. We're just walking through the Bible. Just walking through the Bible. This is awesome, what I'm about to show you. I love this. Look at this in verse number 15. Now the day before, everybody say the day before. Now the day before Saul and his servant came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. You can circle that land of Benjamin. We're going to talk about that in a second. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, this 
is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Say it again, the day before. Say it again, the day before. The day before here is Saul and his servant wandering. Saul is contemplating quitting. While Saul is contemplating quitting, God is speaking to Samuel. While Saul is complicating quitting, and God is speaking to Samuel, saying tomorrow about this time, there's going to be this guy that's going to come, and he's going to walk in, and he's the one that you're supposed to anoint to rule my people Israel. Saul feels like he's walking in circles. <sighs> what is going on? Why did my dad ask me to do this? What is happening? This makes no sense. I'm stuck. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to get this thing off the ground. I'm going to be single forever, and I'm fine. God, help me. Circles. 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 He thinks the circle is just not getting him anywhere. You might think the circle is not getting you anywhere. It's because you don't know all that God is doing behind the scenes and who he is talking to and who he has put your name in their ear and in their mouth. Can I ask you to stop trying to play God? Can I ask you to for a moment just realize you're finite, he's infinite. Can I ask you for a moment to understand that his ways are not your ways and his thoughts are not your thoughts. And as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways higher than your ways and his thoughts higher than your thoughts. But his word will never return void. It always accomplishes what he pleases. It always does what he purposed for it to do. So if you are going in circles, I don't think you're stuck. I think as long as you keep moving, you will be shocked to see what God is able to do with you. And before they know it, they go from circles to being confronted with the person they needed to meet. Now here... Here, I think Samuel is a type and shadow of Jesus. I think here we can find our Savior in the text in some beautiful ways. Samuel says uh, to him, uh, verse 19, I think. Do I have verse 19? If not, we'll put some. Yeah, verse 19. Uh, I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is the, all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? Saul answered, what are you talking about? But I am not a... Uh, 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 but I... I, I, I'm, I'm not a Benjamin. I, I, I'm from the smallest. Wait, 
I'm just a Benjamin. I'm from, I'm from the smallest tribe of Israel. And it's not my clan, the least of all the clans of the, the tribe of Benjamin. Why do you say such a thing? Wait, what are you talking about? Samuel says, I have a table set up for you. I have set something up for you that you did not earn. I have set something up for you that you could not possibly know was set up, have known was set up for you. I have set something aside for you that you could not fight your way for, you could not link in your way to, you could not network your way to. What I have set aside for you is because I wanted to set it aside for you because of me, not because of you. If there is not a better picture of grace, I don't know what is. Do you know that Jesus Christ has set aside for you on an old rugged cross salvation and mercy? mercy and grace and hope and life and you and I did not get this because we deserve it we get it because he's so good you and I cannot earn the favor and the grace of our Savior he takes the first step and before you were ever there he took the step I'll say it this way quoting scripture while you were still a sinner Christ died for you I want you to drink in this grace. I want you to drink in this mercy, knowing that a table has been set aside for you. But Saul doesn't want it. He can't see it. Saul says, no, 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 man, you don't know me. Wait, you don't know my family. You don't know how many times I've been married. You don't know how many times I've cheated. You don't know how people look at me. You don't know my reputation. This can't be for me. So we find out here that Saul's okay looking for donkeys, but he's not okay sitting at the table. I wonder, is there anyone under the sound of my voice today? You would feel qualified to look for donkeys but you would not be qualified to sit at the table of the king it's not based on your qualifications it's not based on your behavior it's unmerited favor it's called grace so you can't earn it and you can't lose it. So here is Saul. And he's like, oh, okay. Let me show you something. This. Let me show you this, okay? Verse 22. We just read verse 21. Why do you say such a thing to me? Verse 22. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about 30 in number. Anybody go to the Taylor Swift concert? You don't want to admit it? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spend $3,000 on a ticket. Uh, if Taylor Swift said to you, hey, hey. You. 
pulled you up on the stage, brought you backstage. She had a little dinner party. She's like, sit right here next to me. What? This is what's happening with Saul right here. He is being invited backstage to the green room. Nobody else is there but 30 other people. They're like, who's this dude? I don't deserve to be here. Again, this is what Jesus Christ has done for us. I love that the text says that Samuel brought Saul rather than Saul bringing himself. I, I pray that Saul did not kick and scream. And I feel like there's too many of us kicking and screaming. And Jesus is like, I have this set aside for you. You're like, no, I can't have a godly relationship. No, 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 no. I can't have that kind of favor. No, 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 no. I don't deserve that kind of goodness. No, no, no. I can't have a man like that that would love me. No, no, no. I can't have a woman like that that would be on my side. No, no, no. I can't have a family like that. No, no, no. I don't deserve it. And I pray that you and I are not fighting against the grace of our Savior. I pray that you and I would allow him to take us by the hand and lead us to a table that we're sitting at and we're like, what? How? How did I get here? Because I know where I was. How did I get here? So look, look, we'll keep on, keep on going, keep on going. Verse 22, then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about 30 in number. Samuel said to the cook, bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. I like this. So the cook took up the thigh Love the thigh part of Come on. Took up the thigh with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, here is what has been kept for you. Eat. Because it was set aside for you for this occasion from the time I said I have invited guests. And Saul dined with Samuel that day. Here is what I have laid aside for you. Here is what I have laid aside for you. Here is what I have laid aside for you. You think God has nothing for you and I'm telling you, if you stop too early, you will not get to see what God has laid aside for you. It wasn't just some random piece of the chicken. It was the thigh. I don't know that it was chicken either. And notice that it's not a vegetarian meal. Thank you, Jesus. This is meat right here. Those of you who are vegans, God forgives you. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> I have this laid aside for you, for you, 
for you. You keep thinking God has stuff laid aside for everybody else, but I'm telling you, he has something laid aside for you. Here's the question. Here's the question. Put the, put, the, put the verse on the screen one last time. Verse oh, 20, 24. Verse 24. Here's what has been kept for you. Here's what has been kept for you. Here's what has been kept for you. Underline this word in your Bible if you can. Eat. Eat. There's no sense in you coming to the table and just staring. Eat. There's no sense in you waking up tomorrow and just staring. Eat. There's no sense in you living in your marriage and just staring at your spouse. Come on now. I need you to go ahead and fulfill the plans and the purposes that God has for you. God, if you set this purpose in front of me, I'm not just going to stare at it and convince myself that I don't earn it or I don't deserve it. I know I don't deserve it. I know I didn't earn it. Your grace gave it to me. And since your grace gave it to me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to willingly receive with humility everything that you have for me. So if it's my business, if it's my marriage, if it's my kids, if it's my future, if it's a promotion, it does not matter what it is, even if pain is coming my way. God, I will stand there and I will not back down because you called me for such a time as this. Don't just stare, boo. Eat, eat, eat. Eat his mercy. Eat his grace. Eat his power. Eat his love. Because that's been kept for you. It's been kept for you. It's been kept for you. Turn to the person next to you say, it's been kept for you. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Come on, online. Tell them. Even if you're by yourself, say it to yourself. Turn to your second choice. Say it to your second choice. Come on, tell them. Say, it's been kept for you. 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 God has something he set aside for you. You don't find this in isolation. You got to have the right people around you. You got to have that right serve. You got to have those right friends. You got to have that right blue crew saying, don't quit just yet. You got to be in a church that's going to keep on reminding of the purposes and the plan of God. Keep on moving forward. Don't stop now. What's the next step you're supposed to take? Come on, what is it? Come on, you've been going in circles for a minute. What's the next step of obedience God is asking you to take? It might be giving. It might be jumping on a team. It might be growth track. Do you think God just wants you to experience his presence on a weekend? No, 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 no. He wants to meet with you in your bedroom, in your apartment, in your car, at your job, in your corner office. You can open up your scriptures then too. You don't have to just wait for Pastor Ridge or Pastor Don Cherie or one of the awesome leaders here. You can open up your Bible too. I'm telling you, eat, 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 eat. What will it look like when all of us begin to feed on what God has set aside for us? How much will we grow? How strong? will we be? How much will we fulfill the plans and purposes that God has on our life? Fool, you ain't seen nothing yet. Thank you for listening to today's message. At 
VU, we believe we aren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in your next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com forward slash online. We love you.